This is the Apocalypse Survival Guide. We are here to help you survive the apocalypse. Which apocalypse, you ask? All of them, from A to Z. Each episode, we cover a different type of apocalypse and give you advice on how to survive. The rules are simple. We choose an apocalypse, depicted in a movie, and cover how you could survive that type of apocalypse. So stock up on supplies and get ready to survive. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And welcome to the bunker. On this episode, we are on the letter W. And for W, we have chosen war. And specifically, World War III. Yeah. And more specifically, the movie Red Dawn. Yes. The 1984 original was it 84? I Red it was Dawn. It was 84. Yeah, I raised an eyebrow to you at this one when you said Red Dawn. And I'm like, eh, apocalypse Red Dawn. But turns out, solid apocalypse movie. It is. Yeah. Not really seen as that, but. No. Especially, well, what I had said to you when you mentioned it, I said, well, I guess if anything, it's it's an American apocalypse. Yep. You know, because they're invading America. And, I mean, we're American, so who fucking cares if it's an apocalypse to us? It's an apocalypse. Fuck yeah. But then the opening uh, information lines, you know how movies uh, sometimes they'll open with a, a screen or a few that has the information on it. Did you write down all that? I wrote it all down. Yeah, because it's, it's awesome. It's actually, and once I read that, I said, fuck, man. Full blown apocalypse. This is even just American yes. apocalypse. This is an actual war apocalypse. Now, taking into account some of this is from '84, but if you take all these factors and they occur, now '84 meaning there's a Soviet Union. It starts oh, right. says, uh, but Soviet Union suffers worse harvest in 55 years. So food shortage. Yeah, that's they're a huge producer. I mean, look at the size of the country. Yep. Uh, labor and food riots in Poland, the Soviet troops invade. So you got an invasion by the Soviets into Poland. Um, Cuba and Nicaragua reach troop strength goals of 500,000. El Salvador and Honduras fall. So basically, Cuba and Nicaragua invade El Salvador and Honduras. Mm -hmm. So now you've got these two countries taking over other countries. So their power is growing. Yeah. And they have... Pretty massive armies at that point. It says the Green Party gains control of West German Parliament, and that's obviously when uh, there was two Germanys. Yeah, that's another, a- another, another you know, eighty four yes. thing that doesn't. It's not around anymore. Um, obviously, pre take down that wall, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. I know that sounds like Trump. That's what you're See, when I think of the wall, I always think of uh, build that Hoff. wall. Oh, no, I think oh the Hoff. Hoff. He was there. When they were, uh, remember, he was uh, he was there singing when they were doing the, right. taking the wall down. Just, uh, and then he funny. demands withdrawal. The Green Party in Germany demands the withdrawal of nuclear weapons from Europe. So they're trying to demilitarize Europe. Right. Um, Mexico is plunged into a revolution. That the entire country plunged into a revolution. Just to the south of us. Yes, j- exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's a huge country to be in, involved in revolution. Yeah. Um, and then, last but not least, uh, NATO dissolves, which uh, you could argue <laughs> that. But USA stands alone. So you have all these climate factors. Mm-hmm. All so, this stuff just happened, right? 
Yeah, so this is, in my opinion, because of all this, and I knew it was there, uh, this, if these things were to happen or similar events like these are happening, because obviously the political landscape and the, the, the globe has changed yeah, somewhat. Maybe different countries, but the same kind of structure of the downfall is what they yes. describe. Yeah. This, I mean, you're talking about maybe a few countries aren't involved, maybe a few things aren't happening in certain places, but this is an apocalypse on an almost global scale. Yeah. So, because later in the movie, they also mentioned something about, I believe Europe sets this out, but another country, I believe it was China, I don't know if I wrote it down enough, I'll say now, China is on our side and is engaged in war with the Soviets. Mm. So, I mean, there it, this, is, this is about as close, I think, as you can get to a, a war apocalypse. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, maybe somewhere closer, but this is a good one. And they officially call it World War Three in the movie. Yes. Like, well, it's more towards the end, but yeah, they it's eventually officially dubbed that. So, so and I don't know if they say it. I just thought of it, but I'll say it. if I wrote it down, I'll say it again. But there's a point where somebody says that you know six hundred thousand screaming Chinamen are on our side, and somebody goes, "I thought there was six hundred million Chinamen. I thought there was a billion. There were. I mean, so that tells you right there. They've wiped out. They've wiped out almost half a billion. Yeah. So that's. That's an apocalypse. Yeah. It, it grants war, but it's an apocalypse. Right. So, and I mean, we do what we want. <laughs> yeah, we do. There's that. <laughs> so. Uh, no, but even beyond that, even beyond us just doing what we want with our with our show, I, I totally agree now. I'm, this is definitely an apocalypse, a war-based one. But, but you know what? I, fuck, are there really rules to what the apocalypse is? I mean, it's just kind of like uh, a humankind ending event, and this is definitely leading there. I consider, I guess we could have covered this like, I don't know, last year when we started, but an apocalypse you could argue is, I know there's a, a catchy phrase out there, Tiawaki or whatever, the end of the world as we know it. Ah, uh, okay. This is the end of the world right. as we know it. As we know it, sure. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever happens at the end of this movie, because I'm not going to spoil it for a movie made in... 84, <laughs> you know. The last century. <laughs> you know, I couldn't remember exactly what was said at the end. Like, I knew how it ended. I can't remember. I've seen it before. But I couldn't remember, like, the monologue at the end. So Did you write that down? I kind of jotted well, kind of. Just enough. Idea. Just yeah, enough. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we probably should have thrown that out at the very beginning our podcast as to what we're, what we're considering an apocalypse. We also shouldn't have sucked so bad at the beginning, but you know, yeah, right. We suck just a little less now, so oh, very little, just but a little, a little less. But yeah, okay. So from here forward, at the end of the basically coming to the close of what we're going to call the first season because of the first round of the alphabet. Now we're towards the end of it. We're going to throw out, okay, listeners, what we consider apocalypse is the end of the world as we know it. Yes. So all what you would consider normalcy at this time ending. That's just a little uncomfortable. Like, eh. But, yeah, total change. Yes. And Cubans and Russians being in control of America is most certainly total change. Yes. In the end of the way we know things to be. Definitely. So, um, but uh, starting with the movie, it starts off in uh, September. In the mm-hmm. town of Calumet, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It just it jumps right in, which I did appreciate. Uh, yes, so much so that I have that it stood out to me. This is the fastest starting action movie. It, it might hold the record to the point that I timed it. Yes. Oh, okay, you yes, timed I it. I stopwatch time. Well, I mean, if you because what the, I don't like the way they did it. Um, either lay it out by the way they did title screen or whatever it is, monologue. It's not really a monologue, somebody speaking, like but informatics. Inf- like, there you go. Yeah. We'll call it informatics because we can. But they give out the informatics, kind of lay the base like I just did about what the state of the world is. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the actual start of the movie. And within, you timed it. So I didn't, I didn't start at the informatics. Because uh-huh. I thought that that didn't really apply. Right. I didn't start at the opening credits where they're showing that scene where they're kind of flying through the clouds, showing some credits. No, I didn't. I didn't. Great music, that. by the way. That music has I, it has been used in other movies. I know it has. I recognize that track. You know what I'm talking about? I, I think it's, it's probably been used other in 80 other movies. 80s movies. Oh yes. yes, yes. So anyway, I considered the start of it when they say September. When they show that okay. screen okay. and it says September, that's the real like that's the first like actual you know shot of the movie itself. So I started there. From the time they show that first screen that says September to the action, let's call it the action. Let's not ruin it until the action. The action. Uh-huh. Well, okay, until the uh, somebody lands. Oh, there's two parts of action. Oh, go ahead and touch on them, and then I'll, all right, I'll all right, throw we'll out the times. I'll throw out um, the times. Did it have, was this, was at the beginning, was it the plaque of Teddy Roosevelt about living a life? Yeah. I, which I, I'm a, I didn't write it down. I'm a big fan of that quote, which oh. is, you know, it's better to basically, you know, die a hero than live a coward. Yeah. Basically is what it's saying. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck and, yeah, America. Teddy is probably my favorite of all the presidents. So, I think he was a little nuts. Of course he was. But in a good way. Of course he was. Yeah. He was exactly. He was nuts in a good way. Anyway, September, town of Cal- Calumet, Colorado. We see the Sways. Yes, the Sways. And a badass Chevy Silverado. I'm not a Chevy guy. That truck was fucking badass, though. That's an old, those old Sh- Silverados. Sides, yeah, Fuck yes. I know. Beautiful. I would, I would take one right now. I would oh, buy one right now. Absolutely. Those old 80s models uh-huh. looking fucking sweet. Uh, he pulls up to school with his brother, not HIV, probably Sheen. Still, back then, the jury's still yeah, out. Probably not heavy. At probably that not heavy at that point, but still questionable. <laughs> Um, and his, uh, AKA HIV Charlie and the family friend Aardvark. Yeah. Which they, I had to like, I could, like searched about what the fuck's this kid's name? Cause he didn't say, see ya Billy, see ya Aardvark. It was just, you know what I mean? It's just kind of known that it was his nickname. <laughs> I don't think they actually <clears throat> said his name until the very, I there's a point they yelled Aardvark. Okay. I'm not going to touch on it. That. Yes. It's. Way towards the end. Way towards the end. I don't believe, and I was kind of paying attention, I don't believe they said his name between there and there. Between the beginning and the end. I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't remember it. But anyway, yeah. um, and then we go to history class. Uh, the teacher's talking about the Huns. And, you know, he was, uh, actually, I was kind of interested in the history lecture. I don't sound like a dork, but he was, oh, I, I guess a teacher, he was actually kind yeah. of giving a good. Yeah, he was giving a good lecture. About I the was... Huns and the attacks and the, all that. Um, and then we see uh, Cubans land. We know they're Cubans because they were speaking Espanol. Right. Because I wasn't the sure if they're Russians or Cubans, and then you heard them talk. You I know. thought the same things. I remember the but movie they were yelling at the more... teacher in sp- in Spanish. Yeah, so and I remember the movie being more Russian based. But then I was like, oh, that's right, it's Cuba. So from the mo- moment that we see 
the first paratrooper right coming down to the sky. Two minutes and forty seconds from September to the paratroopers. Two, two minutes, minutes and, and forty, 40 seconds. seconds. I like That's it. Fast. That is fast. That's they didn't fast. waste any fucking time. Nope. <clears throat> um, we show the teacher walk outside and gets uh, gets nice and killed. Yep. He gets shot. He gets nice and killed. Yep. And yep. that's what I considered the next point of action, which would be the first time shots were fired, and that's at three minutes and 35 seconds. It took less than four minutes for somebody less to get shot. Less than four minutes. To get killed. For someone to get killed. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then it's on. But here's something I noticed. So we got what we established later to be Cuban, a Cuban army mm-hmm. invading. Right. Other than the kind of commanding officer who's, like, waving people forward, he's wearing the blue beret. Other than him, which he was pretty white as well, the very first soldier that we see is the one that's getting the machine gun out of that, like, drop box canister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes, blonde mustache, white as white, Aryan poster child, and he's a Cuban. See? I think they cast him maybe a little bit wrong. And if you want to throw him in later, fine. But the very first Cuban soldier we see, anyway. Do you think they were looking for guys who knew how to parachute and they took what they could get? (laughs) I'm being serious. I'm not being a smart ass. Like, say you got. I guess they did, actually. Say you got Fernando. And I'm not saying this to be racist. You got Fernando, who's a great Hispanic actor, but can't parachute. Yeah. And they want a guy who can parachute in, and they got Bob. Ted, Bob. They got Bob. Who's, like Bob, you said, Aryan as can be, yeah. white as white, yeah. former paratrooper. Yeah, I'll drop in. I'll, I'll jump for How much you pay me a couple? I'll do it. Fuck. Do I have to speak Spanish? Because I don't speak Spanish. No, 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 no. All you got to do is shoot the gun. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, we need to drop her over here and shoot the gun. <clears throat> I don't know if it's one continuous shot, and that's why. I don't know. <laughs> or, or they show a bunch of white dudes dropping in. They cut scene and come back in there, Hispanic as can be. It's like, wait, that's not, wait. Paratrooper doubles. Yeah, paratrooper. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I just, I just found it funny that the very first Cuban soldier they show is, it's got a big bushy blonde mustache. I'm like, what? Maybe they have whiteies down in Cuba. They could. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They're pretty, uh, their borders have been pretty locked down for a long time as to not have a whole lot of uh, racial mixture, if you know what I mean. But anyway. Could he be an albino Cuban? Oh, that could be. That's what it is. He's an albino Cuban. I I guess it could happen. Uh, So anyway, and then they start, uh, the uh, Cubans, the enemy, start spraying the classroom with lead, just shooting up the window, kill one of the kids, they show him hanging out the window. They then shoot an RPG into the school. I wasn't sure why they did it. It looked cool, but I'm like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what the point Pretty of that was. Extreme. Right down the hallway, blows up the door. It looks cool. Oh, it blew the fuck out of that door, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, kids run and scramble to escape. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we then see the Swayze in his truck. He rolls into the school. Why he knew to come back, don't know. Don't care. He's the Swayze. Yeah. He's like, I know. He just, yeah, he just fucking knew. Uh, he grabs about four or five kids. They jump in the back of the truck. Um, the Cubans shoot an RPG at the Sways, but you can't kill him. Mm, at least not, not this like early. No. Um, it misses and blows up a bus. Uh, then we cut to a uh, bumper sticker. It says, you can have my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. And then he shows some Cuban soldier prying right. the gun from the cold, dead hands. Yeah. 
And I know this movie was in 84. Um, and so, like, the vehicles, like the box-shaped vehicles, like the Chevys sticks out and um, uh, all the, the cars, like the caddies, the old South caddies. And, the, like, the later on they show more, like, Chevys and the military trucks and stuff. And, I mean, it just didn't stick until you saw the, the dead guy with his antique, antiquated... 1911. I was wondering. If in his hand. Going there. Yeah. yeah. I suspected that that's With the hammer going. forward. So he either didn't know how to use didn't it or. Didn't notice. Yeah. The yeah. hammer was forward. Yes. That's why he was dead. That's exactly why he was dead. Because his gun he, was broken. He couldn't figure out how to use it. Because yeah. he should have got something more modern. Well, at that point, that was somewhat modern. I don't think Glocks even existed at that point, so you can't you can't uh, mm. can't preach that one. Mm, I'd have to yeah. check, but a Breda did. Yeah, I do pretty sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, <clears throat> but uh, what the one thing I did like about that though is even though yes he was dead, and yes the whole very, very contrived forced like pry it from his hands thing, okay, but. That old man did die fighting. Yes. He had a fucking pistol in his hand, laying in a puddle of his own blood, but he had his pistol in his hand. He died fighting. Yep. So. I'll give him that, all seriousness. Yeah. yeah. That's how you want to go. Yep. You know what I mean? America. Yeah, America. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then we show the Swaves driving his truck around, dodging and dipping and diving and dodging and driving around Cubans. Um, nobody followed the truck bed. That was the one thing that, I know it's a movie, but. Like he he cut he cut it to the side and slid into a car yeah. and then took. I'm like, listen, I get that this is a movie and you don't want to lose any of the actors, but somebody's probably gonna fly out of that truck bed. <laughs> That's why you don't drive around people in the truck bed. Yeah, someone definitely should have been dead at this point from flying out of the truck. So anyway, but the Cubans were at that point seemingly more interested in just corralling the people walking around than a truck full of fighting age males fleeing at high speed from town did you notice that they took a couple shots at him i think one guy oh. shot an rpg but missed and that was it like as they drove past that the cubans were just kind of like oh well i guess we lost them and they're only 30 feet away still driving away and they don't they don't lay down fire on the truck or anything they just let them drive away because there's at one point where they were driving at the cuban he was just waving his arms like you better stop better stop and they swerved around him and he just kind of i don't know if he cranked a couple rounds at him yeah or he what. did did he that was that, but was that was it it was very very minimal effort by the cuban soldiers and there was probably a hundred of them in the streets at that point right again corralling actual people walking around but still the truck full of they they seem way more of a threat i would think true anyway. Well, but they didn't know yet. They would have known. It was a short movie. That the Cubans were like, those oh, are the guys. Those oh, are yeah. the guys. That's the Wolverine. Those, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what? what? Who's that? I don't know who you're talking about. Huh? I don't know who you're talking about. It's, it was on the the school. Oh, side. okay. I just saw it earlier. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so then uh, we show the Swayze goes to the gas station run by C. Thomas Howell's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stock up on food. Guns, ammo, sleeping bags, winter clothing, bow and arrows. This is my kind of fucking store. Hell yeah. I mean, they had everything. But, and I thought about that. I'm like, what the hell kind of fucking gas station is this? However, have you been through Colorado? you been to Colorado at all? No. Much? I've been out there quite a bit just because I have friends out there. In these 
mountain towns like this, if you have like one of these little stores that are just kind of out in the, one of these mountain towns, they are stocked like that. That is no shit. They're not just like a gas station with some chips and Pepsi. I mean, you fucking walk in and you're like, holy shit, I can buy a full camping setup here. Uh, so that's that's actually somewhat legit. It's like an old trading post almost. Yeah, almost, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if you're out hunting and you're coming in to get gas and you just need some more ammo, you go back out or something, who knows? Some more arrows. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. But it was my kind of store. Oh, hell yeah. Um, then they, they grab all that shit and take off. Um, they come to a roadblock in the road. Uh, they cut through the fence and through a field to escape because obviously got a four by four pickup truck. Yes. Um, and the Cubans are shooting at them, but them Cubans didn't count for America because mm-hmm. the American chopper comes up and blows them fuckers away. Yeah, lucky for lucky for our guys. Uh, Plot device. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's one top tip. For your bug out vehicle, have American helicopter flying over top, blowing up things yes, to get in your way. Definitely, yes, yeah. Have that as an attachment. If you can, to yeah, your, right. If you can pull that off. No, for your your bug out vehicle, I, it should go without saying to have a off road functional four wheel drive vehicle. If you're gonna make a bug out vehicle, don't make it out of a Toyota Celica, because. This, that's a very real possibility. If you're if, if if everything's going to shit, and we'll use this as our baseline because it's the one we're doing right now. Let's say it is all going to shit. They are going to be setting up roadblocks. If you are in a Toyota Celica and you're like, oh man, I got this thing, got the doors up armored, trunk, <laughs> trunk full of guns, <laughs> up armored Toyota Celica <laughs> can barely move down the road because <laughs> the engine can barely move the car as it is, and now it's got. Just, plate steel in it but anyway <laughs> if that's if you choose something like that to be your buck out vehicle and you might have it super outfitted is what i'm trying to get at. <laughs> you got you know guns in the truck tons of supplies and you're ready to like leave town if you need to you come to one roadblock with deep ditches on each side or mounds like this one was on each side you're fucked you're stuck so have a four-wheel drive so that you can go off the road when you need to because it will be it will become an issue I almost guarantee it if things have gone to shit. I'm going to play, it depends. I agree, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it depends, I guess, where you're fleeing from. In their case, a 4x4 was perfect because they live in a a country environment, a lot of off-road, a lot of shit. I think if you're fleeing from a city, Hmm. and it's not hilly, it's all flat, and you just need to get a long distance away, I think if you had not an up-armored Celica... But just like, if you had a Prius, I hate to say it, but they got forty something, forty miles to the gallon, and you've got a, you know a bug out bag and a couple of guns, and you've got a point you're just trying to get to, that's all flat, all navigable, and that, you could argue that it wouldn't be terrible. But the ability to go off road is a great option. I guess the point is that you you do have to consider you know gas mileage getting there, because if you're you're four by four isn't full of yeah. gas and you can't make it there without stopping to get gas, you know, gas cans, I'm going to consider two. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. There's other factors. Mine is a Jeep and it's uh it's not a, it's not a Wrangler. It's a Grand Cherokee. So it's more, I guess, enclosed. Um, and yeah, it's not good on gas mileage. Absolutely. You're right about that. But I do have gas cans on, right. my, on my rear rack, my rear swing out rack that I have. I've, gas cans on that with spare tire so 
that, that's the thing about a bug out vehicle, though, is that's something that you most of the time, not always, but most of the time, you have time prior to to have it set up the way you want to. True. You know, that's you're doing this just like if you're making your bunker. You, this there's a forethought into this. You're you're putting it together. You know, well, I, I might need this. I may need ventilation system. I might need, uh, as you always point out, a place to use the bathroom because a lot of people forget about that in a bunker, and that's important. Like, oh yes, my basement's amazing. Oh, I gotta take a shit. What am I gonna do? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But things like that. These are things you think of ahead of time. So a vehicle, same thing. You're thinking about this ahead of time, as I have with mine. Put a rear rack on it. They can hold two gas cans and a spare tire. I got, you know, a couple cases of water in it. Uh, that kind of thing. Now, if it's a situation where you're like, oh, fuck, the end is here, and I need a vehicle to get the hell out, that's totally different. Then you're just taking what you can, whatever you, whatever you have access to. Now, what they could have done is the chopper wasn't there. Um, harken to the 80s now is they had a bow and arrow and a bunch of arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was, was competent with the bow... In the, in the bed of the truck. And this would work for any type of vehicle. And they happened to get one of those Rambo 2 explosive tip arrows that could have blown up the armored vehicle. All and of they, yeah, yeah, all one shot. Super one explosion. Arrow, mm-hmm. Super explosion. And they could have, in a Celica, even if, it, well, I'm, I'm thinking sunroof. <laughs> in a Celica. You know, sunroof, jump up, shoot, blow up, and then kind of navigate your way through. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just blow a hole and mm-hmm. drive right through, mm-hmm. for sure. Exactly. And so... As they're driving, I don't know if you just haven't got to the part. Uh, the Swayze has uh, his brother. What are you calling him? What are you calling Charlie Sheen in this one? Hiv Charlie. Hiv Charlie. <laughs> he has him get a, a, a revolver out of the glove yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. Before oh, that's right. Before the, when they leave the gas station, I forgot. Yeah, he has him pull Asks the- him to load. He says it's already loaded. Hands it to him, and it's like an old school like cowboy revolver, which yeah, it looks sing- I think it looks beautiful. single action to me. Yes. Single action. Now, this is the 80s. Mm-hmm. He had at least 100 rounds in that. Think that few? Maybe more. Maybe more. I mean, it's a revolver. So we're at minimum of 100 rounds. Before you have to reload. Maybe yeah. 500 rounds for a reload. So he could have taken them all out. That's true. Just with that he revolver just, at that point. You know. Yeah, fan the hammer. Mm-hmm. and get killed yeah. them all. And by the way, I'm carrying a revolver today. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> An homage. An homage mm-hmm. to the Swayze. To the Swayze. God rest his soul. Yeah. His revolver in this movie. Yeah, so, he did have a revolver. I'll yeah. give him that. Yeah, except for mine doesn't have a hundred rounds. So. That's because we don't live in the eighties anymore. <laughs> I know. So you have to reload yours after six. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, the American chap blows the Cubans away, and they cheer, and then they uh, realize there's a hole in the radiator, and they fix it, and then uh, somebody pisses in it because they're out of water. I think it's hardbark. Is it no, Aardvark? No, it's not Aardvark. Nah, it's one, no, Danny, it's the one or? that they don't know yet. The kid that just randomly jumped in. They're just like, jump in. And yeah, I think his name is Danny. But he was kind of, uh, he was not one of the group kind of mm. kind of guys. So the main, really, the main core group would be the Sway is Charlie and Aardvark. Those three are buddies. Well, and they then, are. But the problem is, is that if you, if you, from an actor, st- from a story standpoint, the main three were the Sways, Hiv, Charlie, and C. Thomas Howell. Oh, was it? Because mm-hmm. later on, like when they go into town, it's the Sways, Hiv, Charlie, and C. Thomas Howell. And then throughout most of the movie, it's the Sways, Hiv, Charlie, and C. Thomas Howell. That's right. But who, here's what I was thinking, though. Who does uh, who does the Sways drop off 
in the first two minutes and 40 seconds before all shit. Hiv, Charlie, and Aardvark. It is Aardvark. Okay, yeah. that, that's where I was thinking. Yeah. Like, who was the who was the other guy that was with It Charlie? wasn't C. Thomas Howell because I was looking like, oh, is that? No, that's not. I don't know who's that kid. Okay. Who's probably a grown-ass man now and has, like, you know, yeah. he's like in his 80s. Yeah, he's, but, uh, exactly. I mean, I might be old, dead, too. Anyway, <laughs> there's that possibility. <sighs> but uh, Danny or somebody pisses in the radiator for water, which, hey, you got to go, you got to go. You can do. And well, the car's got to go. I mean, yeah. you got to go. So then we cut to back in town. Uh, we show Cubans and the and a chopper of fighting, and then through the smoke, calm as can be, walks Colonel Bella, the head Cuban. Yeah, I thought he was kind of a douche, but okay. Well, he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's supposed to be like, I like that guy. Go kill some more <laughs> Americans. You know what I mean? Okay, true. But but he so. strolls into view. He's mm. not. He's not ducking for enemy fire, which you gotta give him a little bit of. Yeah. You know, like the yeah, exper- uh, operational experience where. Yeah, yeah. He barks out orders, tells men to obtain. Oh, and then he tells men to obtain firing records from gun stores to see who owns guns. Yeah, that was. I forgot about that part. I was like, ooh, that's a because little I mean, gun shops you have to keep that forty four seventy three, I believe, for twenty years, if I remember correctly. I think that's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty smart. Like, where did they get that that type of inside intel? The Cubans? The fucking Cubans. How do they know that, oh, we're going to invade America, and this is America's firearms rules? Well, when did so... Al Gore invent the internet? <laughs> it wasn't in 84. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I mean, sure, they can... A writing room I, in Hollywood, I guess maybe? they can... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I will say this. Um, it was very smart of them. Um, it plays directly to the audience that this movie is geared towards. Us. <clears throat> um, you know, about some type of fire and registry so people can use it against you. So, uh, well played. Well yeah. Played. Yeah, it, it does make people like us very nervous. Yes. Um, and then uh, we cut to the sways in the woods and they're setting up camp. I count another six in all, because uh, there was five, and somebody jumped in somewhere else. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, there's the class president. Class president. Guy. Uh, so there's the Sways, Hiv Charlie, uh, C. Thomas Howell, Ardvark, Danny, and uh, somebody else. I don't remember that dude's Damn. name. He was, he was the class president guy. Class president. Um, Prez. Prez. And then uh, we find out two of the kids are pussies and they want to surrender. You're going to have that. I was, yeah, I was disappointed with that, though. But yeah. uh, well, you know, they're scared. I'll give them, yeah, you know. and his dad's a politician, so. And he's a politician. He's yeah. going to assume. Mm-hmm. But Swayze lays down the law and kicks his ass. Yep. But, and this is legit of men back then. I don't know about men nowadays, if you can even call some of them that. But what happened after they, he kicked their ass? They got in a fight. Sways whooped his ass. What happened? They shook hands. They shook hands like men. And it was over. And the kids, like, the, the press is like, I'm sorry, man. I overreacted. Sways says, no problem. I was wrong, too. Yeah. I mean, two men, they beat the shit out of each other real quick. They established pecking order. They shook hands and said, you know what? I was wrong. And that's that. That's it. And it's never talked about no. again. Because it's over. That's how men used to do it. Exactly. Nowadays, who fucking knows? No. Um, then we cut to October, 
so we're already on to, I guess, it could have been one day. We don't know. September, they didn't say when, but it's the next month sure. of October. Um, they're on a hunt to bag a deer. Uh, Robert. I'm not sure who Robert was. Maybe he was the other kid. But they just said, hey, Robert, you got a deer. He must have been the sixth kid. I don't know. Maybe he was the president. Maybe that was Aardvark. Beats the fuck out of me. But some kid named Robert who was with them. Because they said, hey, Robert, this is your first deer. That's C. Thomas Howell. Mm, was it? It had to be because C. Thomas Howell is the one that got that deer. Remember? I well, mean, then it was C. Thomas Howell. The scene that ensues afterwards is pretty uh, memorable. So it ha- he has to be Robert. All those white kids I look like to remember me. remember them calling him that. All whiteies look like to me. Oh, God. What? <laughs> uh, what? What? It's racist. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he bags a deer. Uh, and then he has to drink the blood because that's what you do apparently in your first kill and you're connected to the deer and it makes you a man and all that yeah. stuff. You share the deer's blood and the deer's spirit now and yeah. Mm. So anyway. I'm calling him Monroe Clark. I don't know what his name is in the movie. Sounds like it might be Robert, but I'm calling C. Thomas Howell Monroe Clark for this one. He was Robert. I don't know. I know you don't know who Monroe Clark is. That's his character in the movie Side Out. The best depiction of beach volleyball. That is you are not bringing screen. a beach volleyball movie into this, <laughs> yes, are you? Yes, did. Monroe oh Clark. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> anyway. Did you expect anything other, anything else from a beach volleyball movie? Well, a little bit of accuracy. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not shitting on beach volleyball as, a, as an activity or a sport. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... You're going to make a movie about beach volleyball and add some type of drama. That's like making a movie about the armorer. Oh, is this some action movie? No, he just armors guns all day, cleaning and fixing. Is he going to get to spring it? Oh, no, it shot across the room. Does he have a spare? Can he find it? You know what I'm saying? There's certain things you can make good movies about. It just is what it is. Yes. Beach volleyball is just is what it is. You go play the sport. You go dog. play it. You have fun. Maybe you're really good. You go to the Olympics or play yeah. professionally, make millions of dollars. Good on you. All I'm saying is as a movie. Idea. It's like not having. the best. Yeah. It's like having a military movie about the Navy and all you follow is the guy who cleans the shitter and swabs the deck. You see planes taking off. We're going to follow the plane? No, let's follow Seaman Jones as he swabs the deck. Is it played by Steven Seagal, though? Then he would be, you know, yeah, a fake martial artist who squabs Bob's deck. I'm sorry. He's a real martial artist. His his style doesn't work. Anyway. um, Oh, did I say that? All I'm saying is this. If Akita was so badass, I mean, you're not defending it. But if it was, why isn't anybody in the uh, UFC using it? I, I'm not, I, I'm, I know you're not yeah, defending. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. To anyone out there who's like, wait, so. Aikido's this or Aikido? No, no, no. If it worked, if it truly, truly worked, it would be in MMA. Right. There is a very specific... Aikido's kind of an, a, a, a... There's a specific um, use and realm for that particular martial art. Movies. And, damn it. Fake. Stealing my thing. Oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> I you were getting serious. 90s movies. <laughs> Because that is pretty much where it shines. It yes. looks really good. Oh, it does. But in practice, uh, yeah, no. No, it's not a very functional martial art in practice. Like, 
if you were a true like a real fighter, like a real like you you know call it UFC, maybe you're just a whatever street fighter kind yeah. of person, and you knew several different arts, and Aikido was one of them. I'm gonna say out of a hundred fights, you might use one Aikido move that it might be like, oh, this actually applies right now. I'm going to guide this guy's momentum. And hey, that worked. Wow, I actually got to. Now I got to punch him again. <laughs> you might be able to get in a position where it's a good hip throw. Yeah. Or maybe you can get his arm in the right position. You can do a, a good lock, you know, wrist lock or something, maybe. The thing is, though, with hip throws, wrist locks, and a lot of the stuff that's in Aikido, those exist in so many other arts. Yeah. So, I mean, to like put all of it. Into this, into this art, and say well, this is its own thing. I don't know. Yeah, the problem is, I think, is you have if you have people who are willing to be wrist locked and thrown, it's a great art. <laughs> but when you have people who are physically resisting you as much as possible, it's not as effective. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody who actually knows how to throw a punch without it being controlled and yes. redirected. That would be like back in the day if you just knew karate. But you came to a country like America, they don't, they, seriously, and then all you do is boxing, and all of a sudden you're throwing these kicks at people. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. You would clean people's clocks because they would not be expecting it. Right. But once they realized, oh, you can throw your feet like that? Holy shit. And they adapted. I'm going to try that too. I'm going to try that too. And Aikido may be <clears throat> at a point where people were just you know, doing whatever, and you grab people and quick toss them, and they didn't know that you could do this kind of shit. Maybe it was effective. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> didn't know that was allowed that's allowed <laughs> holy shit i can do that anyway um so then after they kill the deer and drink the blood they decide to go into town fucking beach volleyball uh they decide to go into town they find just oh, excuse me they find destroyed tanks and cars they ditch their guns and walk into town because they see people just walk around normal-ish um we see the cubans have taken over they're burning books fucking commies um, then they go to a store, and there's some girl that they know, some extra, don't know who she was. They get the load down on the town. They find out that uh, they're in charge. They're doing this. They're doing that. They've taken all the, I guess, dissidents or people they consider that have, have caused trouble or might cause trouble to what they're calling the uh, what um, re-education camp. Yes, yes. And they made the drive-in. Yeah, so they could play their propaganda movie up on the screen. Which they did. In masses, make them all live in tents. I mean, really, if if that's how you're going to, if that's going to be what it is, a re-education camp, that's a pretty damn perfect uh, scenario. And for our younger audience, a drive-in theater. Oh, shit, yeah, they have no idea. Mm, yeah, there's a big screen. Like, it's a huge screen up in the air, like, outside. You actually have to go outside. Yeah. Kind of, but don't don't freak out. You don't have to completely. And they put up a screen, and they project a movie on it, and you drive your car up to it, hence drive in. And you can either turn your radio or you hang a speaker in your window, and you can hear the movie while you see it. I have no idea what that speaker in the window thing is. I know. There's let's just, a Bluetooth. It's go, a magic let's Bluetooth. Let's too far. You, turn, you tune your radio to it. Okay, We're yes. going to really lose them if we start talking about the steel speaker that used, used to hang in the... <laughs> Which is the best? I mean, it was. I, I think I'm gonna. Now that I, now that you're saying that, I think I'm gonna source one of those, just to have it as one of those cool little artifacts in the house. You yeah, know, an old drive-in speaker. So, yeah, giant screen, and but they might actually have to go outside if they want concessions. They actually have to leave 
the compartment of a car and walk outside to the concession store. Yeah, yeah. I know it's scary, kids. It is. But you might actually. You could actually sit outdoors. out. You could, you could park there. I know you could bring your lawn chairs if you wanted, mm-hmm. or your bed of your truck. Your truck, put a blanket down or something, some seats, and you could be outside watching a movie. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, they were there, and uh, we see um, the Sways and uh, not HIV, possibly HIV. Sheen's dad. They talked to him. Um, and then I noticed, I couldn't identify what it was, but there was something leaking out of the Swayze's eyes. I don't know what it was. I think it started raining or something. Was it raining? It must have started I couldn't raining. figure out what On it was. On his side of the fence, it was raining. It yes, had to be. yes. Because there was something weird was, leaking out of his eyes. The Swayze, not that type. So I, I don't know what it was. Now, Charlie Sheen standing right next to him, he was crying. Yeah, I know yeah, it's Charlie was Sheen totally crying. crying. But the Swayze. I don't no, know what was happening there. No, something no weird. No idea what was No, happening. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, so anyway, so they said he, he's not sure. I, I wasn't sure it was. And then he, as they're walking away, they leave, get out of here, boys, you know, blah, blah, blah. He tells them to avenge him, avenge me, avenge me. And I heard there that they were there. So they're going to become the group to, you know, go after the, the bad guys. And I heard they were going to call themselves the Avengers. I know you've never heard that name before. I'm throwing it out there. Huh. They're going to be the Avengers. Avenge him. You know, oh, Avengers. Yeah, Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. I make a good movie. I, I'm thinking about making something called that. That would make a good yeah. title for a movie. You have to get like a really diverse group of total badasses, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure like what, but you know, maybe even like some special abilities. Yeah, yeah. Still in planning. I'm still, yeah. you know, just hashing yeah. it out. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> I want to touch on the dad, though. Oh, okay. Like, talk yeah. with the dad real quick. He does. There is some kind of important dialogue in there, even for. Not just, not even so much for the movie, but just for what we do and what we're talking about, about preparedness for the apocalypse. The dad talks very much about how, now do you see why I raised you the way I did? You know, I was always, I was a little rough on you, but do you see now why I raised you the way I did? Alluding to taking them into the woods, making them, you know, rough it out there, learning how to hunt, learning how to clean and harvest animals uh, for food. He's, he touched on that. Do you see why I taught you those things now? Knowing that now he basically saved both of his sons' lives by raising them a certain way to know how to survive outdoors and to know how to hunt. I'm going to go a step beyond, and I want to say that uh, for life, he, he helped them. For, I'm being serious. By being tough on them, mm-hmm. he showed them adversity mm-hmm. and how to overcome it. Yeah. And how not to lay down when things get difficult. And I think you could argue, and I would, that that translates to regular life as well. Absolutely. And not to be a fucking pansy. And give up the first time you have a difficulty ahead of you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So him being, something doesn't go exactly your way, yeah. you don't just quit. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a whole lesson for life. Um <clears throat> So, and then just to cap all that off, i got to throw out an old a, a, a quote from good old Uncle Ted. You ever heard the hunt, or teach kids how to hunt? Go ahead Ted Nugent. It. I know who Uncle okay. Ted is. all right, you're looking Do at you me. you want me to steal your thunder <laughs> again? Oh, okay, I didn't know if you knew. I figured teach you would. Your, teach your kids how to hunt so you don't have to hunt for your kids. There you go. Yeah. Mm. I, sure, I knew where you are going, but I, do you want me constantly, you hear this great line, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and I throw I go, it out there. I, my thunder what exactly <laughs> i was i was trying not to there um so then they go to some old guy's house 
some they just show up at some old guy's house. They must know. I don't know why. Um, he tells them about Free America, which is, I guess, we find out later where it's at, but from the Colorado's, you know, going east. Um, he has a radio hidden in this freezer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that. He frozen gave him, in a block of ice. It was it was frozen in like a like a cake pan with a lid. Yeah. So it was like it looked like a frozen bunt cake or something. I don't know. Right. So, I, I would I would hope that he like put it in like a uh, freezer bag first and then put it into the block of ice or into the water. So wait, let me get this straight. <laughs> You're saying that hypothetically, if I were to take a radio and try to hide it because you never know what can happen, mm-hmm. and I put it in the freezer in a container to look like something else that it's electronic. Hypothetically, I should put yeah, it put it in a ziploc bag first or yeah, seal it you can't just put it right in the water. for the movie i'm talking hypothetically you can't just put it right in the water and freeze it can't put it right in the water i'm not gonna get a cake out of the freezer later <laughs> um but then he gives it to the kids fuck and then uh so they, and then he uh, he talks to them and tells them explains them, don't come back all this stuff mm-hmm. that they're looking for him and then we introduce below the floorboards he has two a ladies hiding uh lorraine mcfly mm-hmm. and uh baby houseman they're in the cellar and he decides to set them off with the sways to live free. Really, two of the most beautiful girls of the 80s, especially mm. at that point. Yes. And Jennifer Grey, I think we've already touched on it. God. Have we? Got a soft spot for Jennifer Grey. I'd touch I on think her. just other conversation, maybe not on the on the podcast I'd, itself. I'd touch on her. Oh, yes. Love Jennifer Grey. So, Do you know who she's married to? Because you brought it up. You know who she's married to? Oh, I did know who she's married to. Now I can't remember. Who? Uh, speaking of possibly a movie called The Avengers and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Phil Coulson, that guy. Oh, that's right. Clark Gregg uh, or Greg Clark or something Clark like Greg. that. Clark that, Gregg. That's who yeah. she's married to. That's right. That's right. I remember seeing that. They've been married for a while, too. Long time. Yeah, yeah a real long time. You know, like he's actually, way before he had a career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Before he, all this shit happened and he became actually famous and made money. Yeah. So they kind of traded... They kind of traded uh, career successes on, on a pretty on a pretty good arc too. Mm, I don't know like when they got together because she might have faded before. Yeah, because I mean she was big back then. Because you think this, um, Dirty Dancing, the other what's Slays that movie? I was talking about um, make them play make them later. Um, what else? Um, oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yes. Uh, what else was she That's in? That's the first one I remember from. I'm like, who is she? Yeah, but in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd have taken her big nose and all. It didn't bother me. No, she's like fucking her. hot. I liked her better before she changed her nose. Actually, I'm sure it was all for medical reasons. <laughs> yeah, it was for Clark. <laughs> uh, so the old man, they they when they're at the cabin, his cabin, they mention at that point it's been five weeks, so that kind of gives us a timeline. Oh yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, so he did say that five weeks at the point that they go to the old man's cabin. Um, he also says, yes, he says, they're looking for you. Don't come back here. But then at the end, he goes, if you, when they're riding away, he goes, you need food or anything, you come back here. Well, well I wonder if he meant town. Like, they him. live outside town. Oh, he told them not to go back to I town. Get, okay. I don't know. But why are they, <laughs> here's my thing. Why are they looking for them? Yeah, they haven't done like, anything. They haven't done yet. anything. They're saying that they're, they're right. guerrilla fighters, which they become, but they're not at this point. Are they just, do they... I mean, be a dead series. They check every single body of everybody they killed, and made and and did a ch- now. Grand the town. Let's say the ch- town's what two thousand people, maybe. Yeah, it's not very big. Let's say it's two thousand people. 
Did they take a time of 2,000 people and say, all right, now let's see. We got this guy and this guy and this guy. Where's this guy? Where's this guy? Did they actually do that? Yeah, they, they actually take the time count? to do that? Yeah, right. Did someone say, hey, where's Sways and HIV Charlie at? Oh, there he must run off with Aardvark and C. Thomas Howell and uh, the other two pussies and uh, went off into the woods to kill some jer- some uh, Russians and uh, commies. The only thing I can think of as to why they were looking for him is maybe they were on that gun registry list for having like their rifles and shotguns and stuff to hunt with. So they're missing people on the gun registry list, and they're like, well, where are these, you know, Well, HIV kids? Charlie's in high school, so he's not buying any firearms. Because mm-hmm. back then, I don't think you still had to be 18 to buy a firearm, didn't you? Shotgun? I don't know. I don't know either, actually. And then uh, the Sways, did he buy it? His dad could have easily bought him that pistol. So if his dad bought everything, yeah. they didn't go back home to do he, did he miss one pistol, maybe. Hmm. But then I have no idea why they'd even be looking for him. Because you're right, at that point, nothing had happened. Exactly. Had not, there had been no attacks on the soldiers. That's coming actually soon, because mm-hmm. they just got the girls. Right. But hasn't happened yet. Um, another thing that came up, and it's come up a few times to this point, but they really kind of talked about it when they're in the cabin. Everyone seems so fucking surprised that this is happening. Everyone is like shocked and just besides them, beside themselves that the Cubans in coalition with the Russians have invaded America, you know, and they're, they're whatever, taking over America and they're, I guess this is making me back up and there's a few things that to bother me about this, but inconsistencies away with such on. How are they so fucking surprised? They opened the movie telling us about all of the strife that's going on across the world. Mexico is in revolt. Russia's, you know, the Soviet Union is doing this, this, and that. Uh, you know, other, these countries are taking over several countries. Cuba built an army of 500,000 and took over a couple other countries. Cuba is 90 miles from our coast. Why are we so fucking surprised that we're being invaded? And why are we not more prepared? Not only that, but it says NATO's dissolved and the U.S. stands alone. So if NATO is dissolved... And the United States stands alone. What does that tell me? That tells me that we have called all of our military back from wherever they were in the world. Said, all right, all bets are off. Sorry, you know, whatever country we were at trying to assist you just because of NATO rules and rules of war. Nope. All military come home. The world's going to shit. Everybody back on home soil. Let's lock down the borders and we're going to protect our country. And you're telling me they just fly fucking paratroopers right into Colorado? Colorado is not on the border of America. It's hundreds of miles past the border. And they just flew those planes in and started dropping paratroopers and we weren't ready? I'm assuming, I'm just assuming, that they're saying that because they weren't expecting there to be an invasion up in Colorado. Like in Florida or California or maybe, but I think they thought Cal... Cal, Cal. Colorado was too far north. So basically, they're more concerned with the actual borders and border states. Again? And they tricked them by going, but they have to get there. We have fucking radar. I know it's 1984. They, they did actually explain how they got radar. there. They did. How they, they tricked How they tricked into getting those soldiers there. How late in the movie did they explain it? Mm, oh, we're trying to <laughs> determine your drunk standard? Yes. Um, it was how late in the movie. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie made in 84, but it's a, at a point where later in the movie where where Bowers Booth shows up and, yes. and, and explains some stuff. Okay, okay, all right. So, the uh, the Saturday. He, 
he explains how they got people the enemy over Colorado without being yeah, noticed. I remember that part. Definitely maximum drunkenness at that point. Oh, okay. That's because cool. I actually had to shut the movie off that way and go to bed <laughs> and finish it the next day. So that's why I didn't. Uh, I don't know if it. I wrote it down, but I'll touch on it. I'll t- we'll touch on it now since you brought it up because I don't know if I wrote it down. But uh, apparently they used a uh, they used commercial airliners. I mean, look like commercial airliners, and okay. then they just high altitude like Halo stuff. Oh. Or look, they drop to an altitude, and, and they said that. And when he says it, whoever this guy is, you know. Bowers Puth, whoever um, this guy is, uh, and he says that they—that's the same thing like we did, or some same thing that happened in eighty, whatever. Basically, the trick's been used before. Where he's commercial airliner loaded with the military, you think it's a commercial airliner, and they can—they they jump and drop supplies from that. Okay, which would explain right. why it was all paratroopers and guns were in those canisters, okay, and not like a pallet drop out of a you know C one thirty type plane. They don't have C one thirties, but something similar to that. All right, and it also explains why you don't hear the C-130 style troop planes flying overhead before the paratroopers. You just very silently paratroopers start falling out of the sky. That's yeah. because they jump from thirty thousand feet, or whatever or they can, whatever. but they can still breathe or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, they could have, in theory, dropped to an altitude to land someplace close by, and they're not thinking, and they just drop people. They just drop the the yeah. Cubans. Okay, so how are all the tanks there so quickly? And armored vehicles. There's tanks and armored vehicles in the in the town, the day of. Not a lot. Oh, that's actually blocked the road. Yeah, there were a few. There were a few. Now, granted, the bulk of them come in five weeks later when they go to town. Sure, but that first day they still had a few armored vehicles here and there. How the fuck they sneak those in? Oh, you know, they explain how they got there. The armored vehicles. Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, back at camp, been. anyway. Then they were listening to the radio, and uh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Oh, I, they, they really didn't explain did it. it. Okay, no, okay. no, they didn't explain it. Like, God, how drunk was I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they showed. They didn't see the picture. They showed the graphic of them dropping yeah. the plane. They they, they came in and detail. they landed. Oh, great detail. It was, it was almost boring. It was so informational at that point. Um, Thank God. <laughs> I'm actually glad that that didn't happen. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how they got those there, but they, they did myself. explain how the soldiers got there. Now I don't know if uh, they do explain how a few other things happened. So maybe. They had plenty. Here's what I'm going to assume. I'm going to give a little credit. They dropped the soldiers in. Let's say it was 9 a.m. because they were in class. Okay. And then maybe shortly behind them, close to the border, were these other planes. And if there was a coordinated attack, which, of course, so coordinated we wouldn't know anything about it, you know, intel and such, spies, whatever, then were these planes right behind them. Within a couple of hours later, they were able to drop. The armored vehicles, some okay. of them, All right. possibly. Like they, you got to think the time some that level of control, and then they can bring in the, other. Because the first armored vehicle I believe we see is blocking the roadway out of town. Yes. But the sways in the group encounter, yeah. the Avengers, whatever you want to call them, um, and then uh, they go to the, they drive however far to the gas station. I don't know how far it was. Gas up. Grab all supplies and then drive out of town. We don't know how far. They're going to the woods or the, the mountains. Mm-hmm. So this could be a couple hours elapsed time. We could assume, right. possibly. Mm, well, I don't know. I don't know how far many miles that that truck can go. Anyway, long story short is I have no idea. <laughs> okay, they so dropped it in. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, back at camp, they're listening to the radio, uh, and uh, from from America, listen to America. And I liked, I found this kind of cool. They, they were giving out code phrases mm-hmm. on the radio. 
mm-hmm. similar like in World War II. I don't yeah. know if you caught that. John has a long mustache. Yep. Which is exactly what they did in World War II to give code to behind the lines. Yep. The so chair knew- is against the wall. Yeah. The chair yeah. is against the wall. Yep. Yeah, like resistant type. Resistance yes. type So that was, messages. you know. Yeah. It was very cool. Yes. So uh, then we cut to a scene where you see a truck with three Russians in it. Uh, they're sightseeing and taking pictures up at the monument. Uh, then they, they find an arrow. And it turns out they think it's an Indian arrow, but it's a modern arrow because yeah. it's plastic and metal. And then they go looking. Uh, they see baby slide down the hill. Um, and then uh, they go after her, and some of the kids go down the hill. And then some, so like two of the Russians chase the, the three, I think it's, yeah, three of them that, I don't know, there's eight now because there's two girls. And so there's four of them that were hiding behind the rocks yeah. because they came up on them too fast and they were like shit and they had to hide. Yeah. So there are four there. And a few others down the hill. I guess four. I guess it would be four others that were Because there's eight now. Because there's six plus the two girls are eight. Right. So like there's four hang- hiding on the hill, maybe four down the hill because yeah. they all showed up. But anyway, yeah, long yeah. story short is, and so one goes chasing after baby, you know, to chase the boys that ran down the hill because then uh, it looked like Danny whips out his arrow and penetrates the Russian. <laughs> what? And then the ladies, totally <laughs> and then the ladies, you know, jump in and finish him off. Yeah. I mean, you get penetrated and got to get finished off. I mean, you can't can't be just left to flop around. I mean, you know. Um, but then, no, it was she the one stabbed him. She st- no, she grabbed his leg. No. It was pulled on him, the other one, and then yeah, baby grabs his leg, and then, and uh, then McFly then grabbed the AK, grabbed AK and, and blasted him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then those other two came down the hill and they they shot him from behind cover with the shotguns and rifles. Mm-hmm. And then that one guy uh, climbed up. Climbs up the hill. He's all wounded, and then gets in the truck and tries to call for help. And Sways rolls up with his yeah, very poor radio discipline. What do you say? Heaven help me, heaven help me, or something like that. Yeah. How about a location? How about you know your situation? Whoa! whoa. (laughs) Now, now we weren't privy to the uh, Russian code book. Maybe you flip to like. God help me. Shit, they're at the top of the monument, and they were attacked by a bunch of... Yeah, they're at the Arapahoe National Forest, attacked by a group of eight teenagers with bows and arrows and machine guns. Let's scramble scramble (laughs) back up. That's true. They have their codes, too. They have their codes. against the wall. God help me. I mean, it's, you know... Exactly. It's all relative. So then uh, we show the burial of the three Russian guys. Uh, They round up the dads of the kids and other people that apparently consider unruly. And they execute them. Um, non Hiv Sheen, he sees it because he's laying there in the woods all, or laying in the, in the brush. Yeah. All camoed out yeah, or gilly suited out. Gillied up. Yeah. I was pretty impressed. He sees it with his, his binos. Um, and the kids get mad about it and sad and all upset. And that's when he's like, don't cry. So he's like, don't cry again. You turn that into something else. Mm-hmm. And they get all angry. Um, and then the next day at the gas station, we see three. I don't know if they're Russians or Cubans, I don't remember. They're on a tank, and they stop for gas, because I guess they can use unleaded gas. Or it's probably leaded back then. There was leaded back in 84, I know for a fact. Yeah, there was, but I thought... I, I mean, I'm clearly... Diesel? Maybe there was diesel. do with the tank, but I thought tanks were diesel. Well, I mean, there was diesel there, but they asked him to fill it up. So they pulled up to get filled up. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. One guy's looking for his credit card to pay. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you... T- did you take Diners Club? 
It's another thing they had in 84. Right. Diner's Club. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Baby rides up on a bike with a picnic basket in the front. <laughs> and then uh, the, the Russian Cuban guys molest her. And she runs away. But they take the picnic basket and they happen to throw it into the tank. You know, perfect plan. Because um, you know, they're gonna, you know. Anyway, it blows up and they decide to chase her down with knives. Because apparently they don't give tank crew members pistols, at least. Mm. I'm pretty sure they do. They but actually had, kn- they had knives. They didn't have guns. Yeah, the one guy pulled out a knife, like, let's go get her. Oh, God. In whatever, you know. Whatever language that was. Yes. And then as she's running, um, <laughs> the Sways and others are hiding in, like, covered holes. Yeah, they dug holes, holes foxholes with, with uh, fake, or, like, grass roofs mm-hmm. or whatever. And at the pro- proper time, they pop out and shoot the three Russians. You know, because they knew exactly when to, because his baby was running by, she didn't shout anything or give them any type of command or... I think they're just waiting for her to clear. Indicate. I think they're just waiting for her to clear line of, line of fire. Once she gets past line of fire, pop up and shoot. Oh, that's, that's good. rifles. I mean, fuck. They, yeah, because I'm they, sure they, they can, can see that. They can shoot all in the, the hole. way. Well, they can hear her run by. <laughs> and the Sways has lots of experience with Jennifer Gray. So he knows her footsteps very well. Mm. <laughs> yes, he does. What, do you, what are you talking about? I don't know. Anyway, they kill those, those motherfuckers. Um, and then we show Russians setting up an execution of Americans. They like, got them all lined up on the side of the road. And then the Swayzes, the Sways group shows up and uh, kills all the Russians. That was awesome. And then just about to pull the trigger. Yeah. The and they, yep. They and the Russians hit instead. Cool. They kill them all. And this is where. They shout out the first time, Avenger. Oh, wait, no. Well, Sorry. Wrong movie. Wolverines. <laughs> so apparently you were right. Look at that. See, it's, it was just a, a guess. It was a good guess. It was a good guess. So it's the uh, high school team, the Wolverines. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I thought they were just X-Men fan. X-Men fans. <laughs> um, so then uh, we see more grill attacks, and we see the Wolverines spray painted everywhere, which, you know, good handwriting. Whoever did it, they were very... It was like perfect every time. Very, yeah, it's like a head of template, like a really big. Exactly. Like you see, what are you doing there? Nothing. Stencil. Are you like they had a yeah, stencil? stencil. Are you spraying Wolverines? Nope. 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 <laughs> um, and then we see uh, baby. She's seen leaving a building in town. It was like some Cuban American building. It was like it was a converted storefront, but it was like where some of the soldiers Cubans yeah, were. You can tell it was like it had like communist banners and stuff. Propaganda place yeah. and shit. But anyway, and then it blows up because she yep. she bombed it. Yep. Um, so then we cut to November, and then uh, we discovered they have no budget for an aircraft dogfight because we see jet trails in the sky and we hear noises, <laughs> and McFly's looking up like no budget for. Nice. They couldn't have like like thrown shown like a jet and then another jet and then like make noises like you just see them zooming not even near each other like zooming some stock footage from Top Gun. When was Top Gun out? You know something. Five. So, oh okay. Yeah. But uh, that's a good point because I don't think they ever show an actual jet in this. They only you can only hear them. They do at one point. They show one. They show okay. a couple at one point later on. I wonder if that was the only footage they had. Like, can we use this footage twice? Yeah. There's like, when do we drop this footage? Yes. We've got one shot at it. It's got to yes. be perfect. It's like it's like our one f bomb in a PG-13. We better use it properly. I, yes, because they didn't show it. I'm like, oh, they they never showed it. Like, I don't show a shingle jet. Not even. 
getting hit, nothing. They don't show nothing. Um, and then we uh, we see an, an ejaculated, I mean ejected uh, pilot, like a, like a seat with a parachute, and uh, McFly finds him. Um, and it's uh, Colonel uh, Powers Booth. Shockingly, you didn't know that Powers Booth was in this movie. Yeah, Senator Rourke. Senator Rourke. Yes. There you go. Um, and then uh, he goes back to. Oh, she she quizzes him on what's the capital of Dallas, Texas, or something. And he tells her she says he's wrong, and he's like, "You're full of shit." And I think he actually was correct. Um, yes, I th- he <laughs> was actually was correct. Wrong. I think like, it's it's Houston. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Austin. Yeah. So he was right. And I well, think he's he from Texas, up, yeah, so say, that's like he, he fucking knows. Where the, yeah, from yeah. Texas, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I know he was right. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says Austin. That's right. I'm trying to think who said what. I'm trying to go back to my... Yeah, he says Austin, and I was like, that's... I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he's right. And then she goes, it's, it's Houston. She's about to shoot him. Yeah. So then he he's back at town, and then we get more information, like, on what happened. Which I will say, it was kind of nice that they kind of would give you some information... As they would find it out, which is realistic, that well, we know this, and then he would know more because he's in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that nuke strikes took out their own nukes, like American nuke sites, which some like we had, we had capabilities of seeing nukes inbound, but for some reason we didn't when these we came just in. Let them hit our nukes. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it took out their nukes, and then the Russians and Cubans have taken everything. Uh, west of the Rockies, so from the Rockies to California. And then it said illegal border crossers out of Mexico came north and attacked Texas. So basically they said they're holding them at the the Rockies and they're holding them at the Mississippi. So I'm not exactly sure because you kind of got an idea that on there's a western front at the Rockies and there's some front at Mississippi, but we're not exactly – I can't figure out where it's got to tie in somewhere like Texas along the Texas border or a little bit farther north. Yeah. Cause that's not too, so they have everything West of the Rockies, the Cubans and the Russians do. Yeah. And okay, they said, so they we, we the said West we, coast and came in that way. We said, we're holding them at the Rockies and we're holding them at the Mississippi. Okay. So which, that just leaves like the shitty band of America right down the middle. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you? Oh, we don't want to offend uh, anybody. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the really well, actually, really crappy no, area actually it's, actually it's not that's I that's know. the part of america that's going to keep the rest of the country alive and something like this Fuck that's yeah. where they grow all the crops um i'm just saying it's very boring and flat but uh so okay so basically i don't understand that then I don't either. I don't understand that. Mississippi, because, Rockies. Yeah, they're holding them to the west, but then they're holding them to the east from Mississippi. What is the gray area in between? Who has that? Because if they're holding them at the Rockies, that that implies that they haven't gotten to the east of the Rockies. But mm-hmm. they're saying that they're not, not specifying who holds that middle ground from the Rockies to the Mississippi. Now, if they said that there was also a southern point that they're holding them, then that would make sense. Then it would, it would make be a like point U shape. If they... the Rockies and then down, you held them at like um, Nevada, over to the Mississippi, let's say, or something like that. Then you could, you know, like you said, it's yeah, like a U shape. Yeah, like no, U. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm just telling you what he said. Hmm. You were drunk. I could be telling you anything at this point. You wouldn't remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember it was later when he tells the. Anyway, so anyway, and then after. They decide uh, it's the next morning. The Wolverines attack an armored column. They kill many Russians. Uh, Colonel Booth likes it. 
Uh, it shows that McFly has a crush on the colonel, yeah. which back then she was probably like 16. And he was probably 30. So uh, mm. we'll leave that alone. I don't yep. want to. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. Not going to touch that. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to December. And uh, I did like the fact that uh, that uh, the colonel was giving out. Uh, they were laying out a plan to attack the drive-in. And free the people that were there. Right. And he was giving like military terms like flank and, you know, do all this. And like, what's a flank? Yeah, the one kid. What's a a this? So I thought that was kind of, oh, shit. Oh, never mind. What's that? As usual, as I'm talking, Powers Ruth is 68 and she's 56. So that's not as big of an age gap as I thought. And she wasn't as young as I thought at that point either. If she's 56, she was already in her, I think, well into her 20s at that point. That's, well, what's her? 56. My, so she's born in 61. 61 to 84. She's 23 years old at that point. Yeah. Shit. She looked young. so Yeah. yeah so go for it, Powers. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then he would have been, you know, he's, what, 50, 12 years older. So that's not. Well, he was in his 30s then. I was right on that. But she was in her. 20 so it's not as yeah so that's, game, right. that's but she's on. playing a high school girl so yeah i don't know does that make it it does that make it movie creepy since she was playing high school girl powers booth is dead he is i i'm just learning it right now what yeah yeah may 14 2017 died at age 68 suck oh so he's not 68 he's actually 69 so my that's math good. is off Oh, man. Well, when I say six, you know what I'm saying, if you're doing the math. But yeah. she was still in her 20s, and he was in his 30s. Yeah. Well, that just ruined this podcast, and that was in Memorial Powers yeah, booth. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> next week, we'll be on to the letter. Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> we we can we just have to pay homage to him in some way, like we did to the Sways, because the Sways is gone. That's true, but I knew about that. Yeah, I knew the Sways was gone. I, know. We've not, I didn't expect to actually learn the Powers Booth, who I loved. I thought he was great. I've coped with dead. the Sways. I didn't cope with Powers no, Booth. No, we have to sit here and cope with it. we got to take a minute of silence during the podcast. Anyway, okay. um, so then they finally attack the drive-in after they get the plan figured out, and uh, they, they free the prisoners, they kill the bad guys, they destroy the planes. My, my favorite, and by favorite I mean totally cheesy 80s moment was where the pilot was getting ready to take off he was in his plane his jet plane mm-hmm. and it looked like it was a harrier type vertical takeoff those planes look like they're vertical takeoffs you don't need to run with they just go straight up in the air yeah <coughs> harrier style excuse me and powers booth walks up takes a grenade pulls the pin taps on the glass the pilot looks over at him he throws it into whatever he can get into like an air intake or something back stands there gives him the <laughs> finger climbs down runs off the pilot does nothing to attempt to eject take off and then it blows up he doesn't even try to unbuckle his seatbelt to get out he could in he could pull the eject and shoot in the air yeah. I guess it was that cargo net, but I'd get better than blowing up in my plane. Right. He didn't even try to take off when he's climbing up next to him. You're like, hey, this guy doesn't look like, you know, <laughs> he's yeah, he's Russian not, he's Bob. Not my, he's not my plane mechanic, so yeah, something's not right here. This is the commander. This isn't Russian Bob. I, yeah. I, I think I need to get out of here. Russian Bob. He just stands there like, hey, what's this guy doing? Hey, buddy. 
Does that mean I'm number one? Hey, he's a friendly sort. <laughs> they use a different finger for number one here in this country than we do. But oh well, he seems nice enough. He seems he's swell enough. He's just saying hi. He tossed a tossed me a, a, a sack lunch in my back seat right. for later. What a nice guy. What a f- fine fellow. <laughs> um, and then we got to January. We show them uh, dressed in white for the snow, which was smart, very tactical. I mean, obviously a a uh, winter camo would be best, but because you know if you're not in pure white, but they were in pure white. But there was you know that's camo for back then. It was pretty smart. They decided to go to the front lines to see the fighting, I guess, because they're bored and Powers Booth wanted to show it to them. Uh, so then, Russian tanks were they Russian tanks or Cuban tanks? Show up because yeah. they, I'm gonna say they're Russian tanks only because if you notice they rolled up, they had English numbers spray painted on the side, um, like 538, 357. Oh, yeah, you yeah, because that's what totally Russians would do. Um, <laughs> but Cubans they might do that because they, you know, similar alphabet and uh, number system, right? Yeah, I think so. It kind of takes part of my joke away as I steal my own thunder, but anyway, um. So then uh, they start shooting at the American tank. We only see one American tank. And we see two Russian tanks. It's a hot and heavy front line. And this is where we see two planes. We see like an image of a plane just flying. Okay. And then you see where there's the chain fire along the... That's right. And in, but we don't uh, show them drop a bomb. You just see like... Something like cook them or something. Yeah, cook them. Yeah, get them. But you see like a plane, and you see like another plane, then you see like a bomb going off. You don't see the plane drop the bomb. Right. That was their only. They had like thirty seconds of plane stock footage, and they didn't want to spend it apparently on his crash scene. <laughs> but he, that was the only planes you saw. He wasn't important enough. But they didn't have a helicopter, twice. So I guess that counts for something. American helicopter. Oh, I'm saying right at the beginning when he blew up the thing, and then in the town he was attacking. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess we can't have everything. Um, they pull in some other, some other expensive aerial devices later. They do. So that they they, they, they dump their whole aerial budget on that. <clears throat> That's probably why that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, then they decide to attack the tanks. Uh, Aardvark, <clears throat> and this is the uh, the first time I think they actually said his name. Is Aardvark gets killed? Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> because Powers Booth and Aardvark attack the tank, and. Powers is, is uh, hanging off. He's hiding behind the turret, and Aardvark is shooting at the other tank, who then shoots him, and then he falls dead over the gun turret, the yeah. actual big gun. Yeah, yeah. That's why like, Aardvark! I'm like, I think it's the first time you use his name, so you can't <laughs> act like you, you you know, as when he dies. Um, and then, uh, so then, yeah, then HIV Sheen blows up the, se- the second tank with an RPG, because they got the RPGs there. Um, then the, the first tank, which was the one that Aardvark and Powers Booth were on, the Colonel Booth, uh, a guy, <laughs> maybe they do this, I don't know. He opens the hatch, a guy from inside, and tosses a grenade out, like a shallow toss, and then it blows up, and it injures. Just to get him off of the Yeah, get him off of the, the tank, tank. yeah. yeah. I, it might work, I don't know. Sounds like a pretty good tactic, because they know that that small, uh, just you know, personnel-type grenade does not have enough force to penetrate the armor of the tank. I mean, they're, they're tank people. They know that. So, yeah, sure. That that actually... I wonder if that is a tank tactic, like a tank commander tactic, that they have a, a bandolier hand grenades, and if somebody gets on, they just crack, doop, 
and no. blow them off the tank. That's it's a good, good tactic, idea, actually. Yeah. Well, it would work. I don't know if they would crack the seal on their door to do it. I don't know. I'm not a tankier. Yeah. My only concern would be this, and maybe they just don't give it to them to be sure, but if they were to accidentally give, let's say that is a tactic. It's obviously a tactic in this movie. If they were to accidentally give the tank crew, I'm talking the tank crew here, a I am legend grenade, that whole tank would just go up in smoke. Damn it. I was totally thinking that. I know you when were. When I was talking about throwing out the personnel grenade, I was going to say, clearly it was not an I am legend grenade. Because <laughs> that whole thing would be a fireball. <laughs> it would have wiped out the entire hillside. All of them would have died. Like yeah. It would have been that tank, the other tank, the American tank, like which was like, Hundreds of yards away, yep. possibly could have got. I don't know. It was, it's, yeah, definitely would have took some damage. Yes, Maybe it definitely would have up. But would have taken some. Damage. Yes, disabled so, it. So that's a fucking nuclear. <sighs> yeah. So. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he's grenaded half to death by the tank guy, and then he uses a smoke grenade to draw an American fire to blow up the tank, and then Ardvark and Colonel Powers Booth are dead, and yeah, McFly says she'll never love again. Which was very pedophilic and creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah, because then you got because then I started thinking she'll never love it. Was what, he boning what her? What has been happening off screen? I mean, was he boning her? Yeah, was he? I mean, that's was son of a work banging a high school student. That's, <laughs> it's a know, little. I think that's court martial worthy. I'm just saying. I guess he's hoping he doesn't get caught. Yeah, <laughs> I think he took that grenade on purpose. It's been a good run. <laughs> But I know my balls are empty. I've been blowing loads <laughs> left and right. And I know that if if we win this war and I got to go back to the regular military, I'm up for court martial. So or worse, I'm just going to take this grenade. Explain to your wife why you got another wife or whatever. You know what I mean? Because he's married. Yeah, but he alluded to he doesn't know she got caught behind the lines in Texas, that's right, and that's so he right. doesn't know. Yeah, she could be dead. She could be alive. She he doesn't know. Right, it's, it's bad. Yeah, so he's not wanting any of those answers. He's not wanting to know if she's still alive. He's not wanting to know what the aren't what the military's gonna do with him. He's just like, I'm just gonna eat it. I'm just gonna eat this grenade. <laughs> I'm just gonna assault this tank. It's been a good run. Which makes no sense whatsoever. It's a suicide well, mission for sure. It makes sense in that he's like, maybe you know, she hadn't really talked much in the movie. Whatever happened before she got to the old man's cabin was obviously traumatic, and I'm not saying it wasn't. Maybe he's like, This is a little crazy. I didn't think I was getting into. I have gotta get out. I can't break up with her because she's got grenades and a machine gun. I got it. I'm going to raid this tank. And if I die, thank God. Yeah. And if I don't, I'll try again tomorrow. It was a win-win for him taking on that tank. Uh, So then we cut to February, and uh, there's a Russian day parade in town. We meet Major Mustache. Uh, the Spetsnaz guys. I'm assuming Spetsnaz because he he had the the white and blue striped shirt, Mm -hmm. and he's supposed to be like high a trainer. Uh, he he briefs the uh, group of soldiers on how he plans to hunt the wolverines. Um, we then cut to a pack of snowmen hunting the wolverines. Snowmen with machine. Oh, they're Russian side. They look like snowmen with rifles there for a second. Um, and then uh, they get ambushed by the wolverines. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It shows them some type of transponder or something. Looks like it's getting boop boop boop. Yeah. Boop. You're like, huh? I wonder what that could be. Um, you know, I wonder. Yeah. And they actually take out the Russians, and then they... Yes, and then the little... Wolverines, yeah, step in ambush, and they kill all the snowmen, except for one. Um, they take him hostage, which, uh, you notice why he, he wasn't shot, or why they could take him hostage? Because uh, McFly, I think, was standing over him. It was either McF- one of the girls, it was McFly or, or Baby, was standing over him, 
with a gun. He's yelling, his gun jammed, you know, just whatever, you know, leave him, you know, don't, don't, don't shoot him. His gun jammed. He can't shoot you or whatever type of thing. And I'm like, his gun jammed? The Russian guy's gun jammed. The Russian guy. Listen, you can be an AR fan, you can be an AK hater. But there's one thing that AKs do not do. That's jam. Yes, they will eat whatever shit you give them. They have such loose tolerances, they're not as accurate as an AR. We know this. They're a fucking rattle box. They are. They're just, I mean, you pick it up and it's like you're holding a box full of fucking pebbles when when you're playing with things. But... They don't because jam. Because of that. Exactly. Because they their tolerances are, are a lot looser. Mm-hmm. You can throw it in a mud puddle, pull it out, and it'll shoot. Yeah. I mean, it can get grit and grime, and it will shoot. Yeah. So to say that it jammed. Yeah. I mean, you can dirty, shitty ammo will not jam in this thing. But somehow, a guy on a war front with ammo is jamming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, should make that out there. He's got jammed. <laughs> Um, yeah. So then, uh, they proceed to have the worst interrogation ever as they're screaming at him. Hablo Espanol! You don't fucking talk it! And just screaming like, I, I forgot how cheesy 80s, uh, you know, dialogue could be. The movie was some of the dialogue. Yeah. You know, hey, commie! And they, like, punch him. for. I'm like, what the? I don't get the point of this. Yeah. You're going to get nothing from this guy. You're just screaming at him and punching him. It's like he's, he's not even giving him a chance to answer. That's what I mean. Hey, what is this? And then punch. You know what this is? Kick. And he's like, I'll tell you if you stop hitting me. Stop. Ch- you haven't even let me I answer. Need my teeth to talk. Please stop. <laughs> it's a transfer. I mean, he's trying to tell him, like, shut up. But you wanted me to speak. Fuck you. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So HIV Sheen realizes that it's a tracker. And they show at least to Daryl, the mayor's son. That was who the mayor's son was. Was Daryl? Oh, was it Daryl? Daryl. They okay. came. What did you do, Daryl? <laughs> right for the. Oh, I mean, uh, at certain points they start yelling people's names. Like, oh, that's right, that's so and so. He's doomed. He's doomed. <laughs> it's like Ardvart. Oh shit! They said his name. He's dead. He's dead for sure. Uh, and then it shows that he swallowed a tracker. Uh, he went into town. His dad turned him in. He made him swallow trackers. The reason to track him. Yeah, um, so then S- the Sways executes the Russian because that's cool. And then, but he was he had trouble executing Daryl. And then Robert, aka C. Thomas Howell, has no problem nope. killing him and Once just blasts him just, away yep. with AK. He's like me. Yeah, he's he he becomes the, uh, the psychopathic. Yeah, so in, in this whole thing, which yeah. so then you they need those. You, you you need chains in the world, especially in a war. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness. Um, so then they uh, they ride off on horses. Um, then the Wolverines see a convoy and it drops boxes of food on the road. They hang back. On accident, it falls off the truck on accident. Trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Exactly. How uh, did they? How did they survive this long and then not realize that that was a trap? Um, they were hungry. I guess they went and got it. I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be willing to eat it. I would think it was poisoned. Exactly. That was my first thought, actually. I, yeah. Having been so long since I've seen the movie, I'm thinking... Was it poison? Eh, did somebody die from this? Did somebody get poisoned and die from this? I don't remember because that is what would make sense. 
But it was still a trap either way. Yeah. It was just basically luring them and keeping them in one spot. So they go get the food, and then the Russian MI-24. Is that what it is? I lo- that's what it said on Wikipedia. Yes. That was a Chinook, but I don't think it is. Maybe MI-24. Made by Chinook. I don't know. And the helicopter shows up and shoots at them. Baby gets shot. Uh, I know. I know. That, that actually, yeah. I, for, I I actually did forget that part. I, did, I knew she shot, and I was like, oh. Man. I remember her dying. I remember that scene. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was Leah Thompson that had the oh, whole death scene. Oh, okay. Just my memory of it was oh, okay. that. I didn't remember that. I thought it, it was reversed. Baby. Yeah, I thought it was reversed. No, so baby gets shot. Um, then they ride off on the horses, and the helos chase him down. And then C. Thomas Howell, <clears throat> excuse me, has an RPG. And he shoots it into the side, <laughs> like the opening of the uh, helicopter, and it flies off, which is you know it worked, but then it comes back. And he decides to take the uh, what I'm calling the Tom Sizemore approach from uh, <laughs> yes from Dreamcatchers from Dreamcatchers. Oh, I could to totally f- shoot down a helicopter to fighting helicopters. Yeah. and he stands there with his AK and shoots at the helicopter as two or three of them come in on him. At least two, because the, the one that turned around banks back in, and then one is coming up over the crest of the mountain, which is actually a pretty cool kind of very. Uh, sobering scene to see these two helicopters just because they're so big that they're almost lumbering they loiter more than like a quick little helicopter so to see them just kind of lumbering in on him like that that's kind of scary it is yeah i agree i agree but he thought an ak was gonna be the the answer even though his rpg really didn't do anything i will say this that um if they had to blow their entire aerial budget or most of it on these helicopter scenes it was kind of worth it they were pretty cool they were pretty cool helicopters yeah. big ass helicopters flying and flying in and shooting yeah wings basically yeah. just to carry artillery and all those yeah. missiles that they never used once they, <laughs> i didn't see them shoot a missile did you yes. it's all machine guns yes. they did no they shoot they shoot like one pot of missiles when they're getting on the horses oh and it knocks and they they blow up around the horses fly oh it killed McF- was it a machine gun or a rocket that killed her horse her, her horse died at one point. McFly's yeah, horse did. Yeah, one of the horses did go down. I don't remember, but they do shoot just a did handful they shoot of rockets. rockets. I just saw machine guns. That's all I remember. So, but you could be right. But anyway, so after the time, shockingly, the Tom Sizemore method doesn't work. He dies. <laughs> so, so then uh, they all ride off. We see Baby is dying. Um, she wants the Sways to kill her. He can't bring himself to. Um, he brought himself to do something else in her dying moments. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, think about it. Now, he, she, you've been with this girl for what, five weeks. Then they went into town. So months and months, you know, she's capable. You know, been kind of having, like, little glimpses of this and that. I mean, they basically had the time of their lives. And now he's supposed to <laughs> shoot her. And he there can't. It is. <laughs> he can't. He can't bring himself to do it. There it is. So yeah. <laughs> so she asks for a grenade, and he gives uh, it to her, and she just pulls the pin. He pulls the pin. She holds it with the spoon, and they say their goodbyes. And Swayze leaves. He leaves her under the tree there. Under the tree with the you know with the grenade. He didn't leave her in the corner. Well, you know, you can't. <laughs> um, anyway, so then we see the Russians land, and the soldiers get out, um, and one of the soldiers finds baby's body. Um, and he uh, he grabs her and pulls her up by her hair, and it, we see the grenade is underneath the body, and uh, 
it, we we show right there you can't put baby in a corner or pull her hair apparently <laughs> because the grenade goes off and yeah. it kills the russian yeah she's not down with the hair pulling even in death no no no, no hair pulling so yeah. that's a sad i mean uh that's uh you know so clark if you ever you don't listen know to this, yeah. no, no hair pulling. no hair pulling you probably figure that out by now though. i would hope at this point that's been, <laughs> at this point yeah. that's been figured out but uh, that's none of my business um and then they, yeah, it says something about they thought they killed 12 of them. Like the one guy's like, and then the Major McStash's like, you killed one, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to pad their numbers. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Him being the realist special forces guy. You might have killed one. Yes. We're not even sure. Turns so. out. So. And then uh, we see McFly and Danny um, are going to go escape. They told him to get out of town while the Sways and HIV Sheen are going to set a distraction in town. Um, I. He said they were going to set a distraction so you could get out, but it didn't seem to me like there was any intent of them ever getting out. Like no, I don't, I don't. Well, now I'm not saying they were thinking it was a suicide mission, but I wonder if they were thinking like they were going to continue their guerrilla tactics in the future. Oh, well, Danny, it is Danny that's left, right? Yes, McFly and Danny. Danny says to Sheen, he says. You won't see the the outcome. You won't see who wins. So that that is implying that they kind of think it's a suicide mission because he's saying to him, "No, don't go do this. You'll never get to know who wins the war." And Sheen's like, "I don't know." He says something to the effect of, "He'll he'll just know who wins." It's or yeah, okay, yeah. So they, I think they are kind of playing it as a suicide mission and distraction. That's a hell of a distraction, man. They fucking bring it. <laughs> they, they, they don't just like they didn't like throw a couple smoke grenades or like toss a grenade over here and a grenade over there and shoot into some windows and say okay go make a break for it they fucking bring it they did bring it i'll give them that um so anyway uh then we cut to colonel bella and mm-hmm. he's writing an old-fashioned sext to his lady um, by old fashioned it was with a paper and pen <laughs> yeah and it was called a it's called a letter so you kids out there, you take a piece of paper, preferably with lines on it, but if you want to play, you know, no lines, that's up to you. You can freestyle it. And you then take a pen or pencil, preferably pen because it doesn't, you know, run out, and you write words with your hand on the paper. Then you fold it, put an envelope, put a stamp on it. You might have to put a stamp because, you know, occupied country. They just say, here, make this. Deliver this. But do they still teach kids how to write, though? I mean, the motions with your hand that you have to do to, like, write words. Like the typing with the fingers? No, like, actually with the writing utensil, not with the keyboard. I think they only teach them keyboards now. So. I think they should put some emphasis on keyboards, but I think it should be 50-50. Not even 50-50, but, yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Sure, 50 Everything's computerized. Yeah, I know. So, we're watching an apocalypse happen right before our eyes with our children. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, so he uh, then uh, the attack starts in town and shit blows up everywhere. Like it wasn't just like you said, this blows up over here. It's like boom, boom, boom. Like they like coordinated RPG attacks. Yeah, they fuck it up. They drop a tower first. First thing they drop that tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was cool because you know the sways the fucking star quarterback in high school. His brothers pulling the pins, tossing them the grenade, yes. and he's throwing them Pull three in a row. It, yes, in that just, gr- that machine gun nest. Yep, like perfect spot every time. Like fucking Drew Brees, right on the right on the dot. 
So that was cool. I was like, because when he was, I'm like, why doesn't Sheen just throw the fucking grenade? Then I'm like, ah, quarterback. Okay, I get it. Yeah, his brother was a star quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, and even if you're a star quarterback at high school level, you at least have enough, the, the an athletic ability enough to obviously throw a ball to a point to a receiver. Maybe not enough to go college or pro, but that's a decent, you know, for him to lob it up into a – and he's been throwing grenades for months now. I mean, I'm serious. He's I'm, got his grenade skill down. Well, I'm saying it's a different weight. It's a different oh. throw. But I'm saying it's not like he just picked one up and he threw a perfect – into a small little hole and a blow, oh, quarterback skills. No, he's been he's been throwing grenades pretty regularly. Pretty regularly for about six months. I don't have to do the math. I didn't. I'm lazy. Close to. Let's say about six months. Yeah. So he's got some experience yeah. and he's athletic. So True. True. I believe it. Yeah. It's like some you know guy never threw one before and it perfect. <clears throat> he's a quarterback and he throws shit. You know, uh, you know how you always see the the classic uh, like hook shot grenade throw. Yes. When you watch, you know, where they pull it and they do this thing to throw the grenade. You know, they act, that is, that's accurate. That's how they used to teach it. Now, I think this goes back to like World War II. World War II era, maybe not more modern. But back then, they, that is how they actually taught them to throw grenades. And do you know why? Why? Because back then, the grenades were so fucking heavy that if you throw it like this, like a ball, the soldiers were blowing out their shoulders left and right. Because they're too heavy to be to throw like that. Like a baseball. You know, like a baseball. So they tried to throw like a baseball, and they were just wrecking their shoulders. So they taught them to start doing the overhand toss so they weren't tearing tearing up shoulders. So that makes sense. I heard that somewhere. I don't know. So it's stupid little tidbit. Probably true. Pro science. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Pro science. It's got to be true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. I read um, it on the internet, so it's definitely true. Yep, yep. So then... Uh, then they get the RPGs out. They blow up that thing. And they run and they they see like a communications trailer and the head Russian guy, who was been there the whole movie but really didn't do anything of notes. So I didn't write it down. But anyway, the head Russian guy is the, in there. The old dude. Yeah. Yeah. He gets dude. he gets RPG'd. They blow up the thing with two yeah. RPGs and he dies. So yes, finally he gone. Um, let's see. And then uh, oh, and I thought it was cool that when they shot the RPGs, there was a, a Russian guy coming up behind him. Or a Cuban, a bad guy was coming behind him, yes. and he got caught with the blast, yeah. and he like fell down, grabbing his face, which was which is real. Yeah, exactly. The back that back blast. Yeah, I'm back like, blast. yeah, that's pretty real. Um, yeah. they, the funny, the funny thing about that scene is, they launched the RPG. That dude gets fucked up, and was it Sheen that shot it? I think it was. I think so. He just he stands up and kind of like, now he hears the scream behind. He kind of looks back like, what? Huh? What? He's like, oh. <laughs> And he just runs off like, man, sorry, sorry about your luck. Yeah. He doesn't go back to shoot him. It's just he just gives him like a very passing, like, what is that horrible sound? Oh. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Sounds like Sheen. <laughs> so then we see the major major mustache. Um he sees Sways and Hiv Hiv Sheen and he sees him riding on a train that's slowly going through town, loaded with artillery and other things. He shoots at him and uh looks like he hits uh Hiv Sheen. Uh, he goes hunting. He sees the blood, and he drops his rifle. And as he's hunting for following the blood, Swayze's circled behind him, and then he steps out. Obviously, he learned what a flank was. Yeah. So, and he says, you lose. Yeah. And then he shoots, he revolvers the motherfucker, Major Mustache, to death. But he gets wounded in the process. 
because the major shoots him while he shoots the major. Because he was stupid enough to say you lose. Um, the Just major, fucking shoot him. The major dies and Swayze's injured. Um, I'm going to have to take advice from another classic movie. Um, it's uh, if you're going to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. Shoot. What is that? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Nice. And it's the ugly that says that. It's the ugly who says it. Yeah. Which is true. If he wouldn't have said, you lose, if he would just come up and revolvered him in the back of the head, yep. or even in the back, he probably would have got enough drop on him yeah. that he could have killed him before guy, he spun around. He was stupidly looking over the same crate for 30 seconds. <laughs> he was looking. Is he there? Nope. What about now? Nope. What about if I look over in the, over just a couple <laughs> degrees this way? Nope. Still not there. Still not there. This is very tactically sound, what I'm doing right now. I'm going to continue to do it. And... How about this? And he could have technically said you lose, but why didn't he stay crouched behind the barrels with his gun just over the top? Yeah. And he could have shot him instead of stepping out from behind with his with his revolver out. You lose. As the Russian guy goes, wait a minute, this isn't slow motion. Why are we talking? <laughs> why are we talking slow motion? <laughs> I guess I'll just turn and shoot you then. Yeah, so anyway. No, I mean, whatever. In that situation, you can call it cowardice, but I would have just quietly thumbed not cowardice. That. I would have quietly thumbed that hammer back to single action, because that's all it was, and right in the side of the head without him even turning his head and looking. Yeah. Sorry, you're my, you're my nemesis. Or, you know, if you're worried about it, center mass, that spine, you hit that spine, it's just as good. You sever the spine. Yep. Nothing from that point down is functioning. It's instantaneous cutoff switch. Yep. So. Yes, it is. So anyway. So then Ke- Colonel uh, Bella sees the Sways carrying HIV uh, Sheen and decides not to shoot him because uh, he, he feels what it's like to be a, an insurgent mm-hmm. and have an occupying force. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tells the movie he's kind of getting tired of this and he really didn't want to do it, but he right. was kind of right. drafted in, so to speak. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, if he's a lie, if he's allied... With the Soviet Union, they're obviously the largest force. And if they say, hey, Cuba, you're going to take Colorado, and you, Colonel Guy, you're going to take this town, he doesn't really get the choice to say, yeah, I'm not really I'm not really wanting to do an invasion because I've, yeah, not, I don't want to, he just has to follow orders or else. They'll kill his family. Right. In Cuba, they'll be like, oh, right. yeah, we'll kill your Cuban family. Exactly. So. Yeah, he is just kind of stuck doing it. And he does have a very, which, <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but it was actually a, a, a decent little piece of acting. He had yeah. like an emotional outburst when the one soldier gets shot, which was kind of like the soldier that had been with him the whole time. So I think he was maybe his second in command. Yeah. You remember when he comes mm-hmm. out first and he gets shot and he like takes his rifle like he's going to fire and he just, you can just see the rage and the kind of, it was decent piece of acting to yeah. tell you the truth. And, it had, uh, had no place in this movie, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. But uh, that, even with that, you can tell that he is kind of feeling the effects of, you know, of this, this ongoing war, and now it's even affecting him. So, yeah. And he's writing the letter to his I wife, miss you. I would imagine. Is, yeah, is, he's just, he's, yeah, he's over it. He's over it. Yeah. And he sees these guys, and he also, at that point, this guy's probably late 40s, 50s, the colonel, he sees them as kids. Even though they're the ones that have been fucking up his forces for all these months, once you see him face to face, he's a kid. You know, there's two kids, and one of them is pretty much dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I think he is dead, actually. I don't. 
Well, I, they never. I they mean, never touch on it, but I. He's dead. He looks obviously, dead. <laughs> but well, he's actually dead at that point. But then, uh, but then, yeah, you know, Hiv Sheen and the Sways go to the park <clears throat> that was mentioned earlier by the dad, where you should take him. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. They sit on the bench and then they pan out and they quietly die. So, yeah. yeah. And then it cuts to uh, we show McFly and Danny making it to Free America as they're escaping across the, I guess, border, yeah, or the front line. And then it goes to a voiceover where McFly, she's just talking, and uh, shows how the says she says the war the the war eventually ends. Does it mention what happens? Do we not have all of the continent anymore? <laughs> yeah, do we just have part of like it? Like they all do. And then it shows a plaque of how these kids were gorillas and they fought for America, and that's it. And then it cuts to the inspirational music. So, so that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <Wolverines. laughs> so anyway, um, so anyway, the disaster and uh, enemy strengths. Um, it's I, when I say nothing special, they're not aliens, they're not zombies, vampires, mm. werewolves, anything like that. It's Cat- just catastrophic world ending event like tidal waves or asteroid, or yeah, it's just humans. This is, yes, if you were to face an enemy, this is the enemy you would face. Yeah. More than likely, it's people. Right. And how often is people our secondary enemy? Right. So many times in these. Our secondary enemy, other than the very, you know, the ostensible apocalypse that's happening, the secondary is humans that you always got to watch out for. Well, this one is just flat out as humans. And I guess really... If you broke this one down to the very finite points of it, I guess the real catalyst for this particular apocalypse is not necessarily war. It's really more famine. Yeah, Famine is yeah. the reason for this apocalypse. It's just the war that ensues afterwards. So, Fair enough. And famine is a highly likely uh, catalyst reason for a war type of apocalypse on this planet. So, super realistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess the strength would be they're a military force, which is quote unquote highly trained. I mean, mm-hmm. you assume or they're, they're trained at full time military. Yeah. So um, they have guns, knives, bombs, machine guns, grenades, helicopters, tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got it all. They're yeah, so, they're fully fully equipped. So um, weaknesses, meat bags. I mean, so. Yeah. Still humans, they bleed just he bleeds just like you bleed. You're just fighting another. another and man. I thought of this while I was watching the movie. Here's a possible weakness. Now they've been there for a while, but initially, altitude. True, Cuba is basically sea level. Right, and now they're and now you'll, they'll adapt. But when they first drop in, running around and shooting and yeah. stuff, you would think that they would be fatigued. Oh, I can tell you firsthand. Yeah, from coming here and. And heading up into into Colorado, going up in the mountains, man, the first probably shit at least three days, if not up to a week. Yeah, <gasps> exactly. That's what I mean. I, I mean, rough. yeah, it's not like if they had dropped in, like say some Russian soldiers initially, who were training in the mountains over there, or mm-hmm. Siberia or something. All right, I don't know if there's mountains in Siberia, but they have mountains in Russia. I don't know either. Sorry, in the Soviet Union, I know somewhere there's got to be mountains. Yeah. Okay. If they're acclimated, then you could say, yeah, they're they're used to it. Yeah, but, but these are all Cubans. Correct. So they would be a li- yeah, they would yeah. be a little winded at first. Yeah. yeah. But that wouldn't be much move if they like they get down like <gasps> they have trouble raising their gun, <laughs> you walk over and push them down, they're like 
<laughs> like oxygen. What the fuck is this? Oxygen. Yeah. So uh, we're fighting a bunch of fat guys. What's going on? <laughs> Why are they so out of shape? Fucking terrible. They don't military. look out of shape. I mean, he's like thin, like a soldier, but he's 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 so unfit. <laughs> You had any cardio down there in Cuba? What the fuck? Uh, um, so we okay. So weaknesses, yeah, definitely not acclimated. Um, yes. Another weakness is just what they exhibit through the whole movie. The fact that they are not familiar with the terrain, but the Wolverines are. So that the Wolverines yeah. they, they've lived there their entire life. Mm-hmm. So you know, every nook and cranny. Um, when it comes to the mountains and the woods. Not only the, the the Swayze brothers um, have been hunting up there their entire lives. They touch on that, and shortly after they've been now they're living up there day in and day out. So th- they would have advanced knowledge to start, and then you're talking about taking it a notch above, right? Because you're living up there every day, right? Now it's not just a place you go on the weekends or something to hunt. Yes. Now that's their home. Yes. So right. Huge the, advantage. Like the back of their hand, they're going to know everything. They're going to have set ambush points and fallback points. And, you know, for this type of guerrilla warfare, it's it's huge in the Wolverine's favor. Yes. So, huge, and that's been proven so many times before. But they also, conflicts. but after a couple of ambushes, that Colonel Bella says that nobody gets to go out unless it's squad size anymore. Right. So no more two, three guys going out got to go in mass if you're yep. going outside a certain point in mass yeah, because he's smart enough not to just keep doing this like why do i keep losing two to three guys yeah. you yeah. know what i mean so there's a the military strength that comes in right there yeah yeah so um and then uh survival basics air water food shelter uh three minutes without air three days without water three weeks without food three hours without shelter three hours without you shelter always, you always skip that yeah, well, you and know. that that applies to this one because it does apply to this because I mean, and when it, it sounds stupid, three hours without shelter, but that what that's saying is, if you're in the frozen mountains, three hours without some sort of shelter, you're gonna die from exposure. If you're out on a desert island and you don't have proper clothing, three hours without shelter, you're gonna at least be affected enough by that exposure to later die. So that's where the three hours without shelter comes in. So Fair with enough. this one, that's it's <clears throat> definitely real than being in the mountains. Fair enough. Um, air. Um, it initially, beginning of the movie, it's contaminated with Cubans, but after that, <laughs> it's okay. They were particulate. In yes, the yes. Um, but there was okay. There was no contaminant, no virus, no whatever. They didn't appear to be using any biological, because they were taking over. They weren't going to drop like a fucking canister to kill people and then drop right into it. Yeah. Not very smart. No. Water, nothing wrong with the water. No, again, no contaminant. Food, um, it got scarce at one point for the Wolverines because... They took what they could from the shop and then were hunting to kill meat, but they were still running low on supplies, so yeah, they had to go more than meat. Right. So they had to go get more, but you know, it's all good. Whatever you can find is not right. contaminated. Well even the the stuff they drop, the 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 amp or um the bait mm-hmm. that they drop behind the truck. Yeah, yeah. They didn't poison it or anything. No. But that that's on the scale of, of our little microcosm on a worldwide scale food is an issue in this movie that's what causes it is the famine and that so, does come up um what is it uh powers boost is something about you that can of beans there you'd be lucky to get that in a day in colorado or some someplace you mentioned someplace that they're starving to death mm. that people resort even some people even resort to candle cannibalism yeah because they're under siege or whatever or something so 
getting food is an issue, but, uh, you know, but they still have some. So, um, and then shelter. They're on the move. They're they about uh, as good as you can for their situation, really. I mean, you could sort of, you could say a bunker would be good, but it, if they if they never found it, if it was concealed, maybe. But the problem is, this is a military. Yeah. They're gonna have bombs. There's not gonna be like dudes with shotguns trying to break in. These are right. They have RPGs. If they find explosives. it, right, they'll be able to blow their way into it. Yes. Sure. So you're probably better the way they were. I set up a tent kind of a loose shelter type thing if you need to move yes because you get raided there you move a gorilla type yeah resistance you know supplies move shoot type of deal i think ideally probably the best yeah, yeah. um weapons they had a standard hunting rifle for you know they use a lot as like a sniper type rifle which it's got a scope it's got a barrel it's designed for long distance it'll work that would be one of my top picks in this one. Just a good old, I mean, whatever it is, just just some sort of long range rifle. Uh, hell, just a Remington 700. Actually, that's probably what I would take. And it's chambered in a 308, so the ammo is very common, and you can get it just about anywhere that you're, you're, uh, you know, um, scavenging. Yeah. You're probably gonna find 308 in a mountain town where there's hunting rifles. Oh yeah. It's very common oh, yeah. round. So a Remington 700 308 with a good scope because you need it for hunting. Mm-hmm. Which we skipped the part where you mentioned only shoot once when you're shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pray because second shot can alert your enemies mm-hmm. to exactly where you are. So that was cool. Um, but use it for hunting. And then them being up in the mountains like that, let's say they do get a force of them that are coming up the mountains on them. If they have that range, they can start taking out as many of them as they can at a distance with a hunting rifle until they get up close enough for, you know, more of a medium range rifle fire. So, yeah, hunting rifle. AKs, whether you're an AR fan or an AK fan, doesn't matter. AKs would be the best because you're fighting a guerrilla-type war. Your enemy has AK-47s. Good point. So not only can, if yours breaks, you can, not that they hardly, well, I guess they get shot, you can drop it, it can break, but they don't jam. They don't break from, like, shooting it. Everyone's going to be carrying that ammo with magazines. Mm-hmm. So an AK... Not only do they have AKs because that's what they found, mm-hmm. like killing Russians and then taking them. Right. You know, with the shot, they originally had shotguns and rifle and regular style hunting rifles and shotguns and bows and arrows, mm-hmm. and then they upgraded to you know AKs because that's what they could find. So, I, I would say, unfortunately, if you hate AKs or you don't hate AKs, AK is the rifle of choice because for this, for this, for this yeah, supply, yeah. I mean, because let's say you have an AR. And you have 800 rounds of ammo, fully loaded in magazines. I'm not saying don't use it, but it would be better to confiscate a, a good AK. Mm-hmm. And then you more mags. And unfortunately, you can't, even if you're like, ah, I'll just keep my, you can't take the ammo, 762 by 39, and put it in a 556. So nope. I'll just go with AKs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're right for this one. The AK would be the assault rifle to have. Yeah, because every, everyone that you're fighting is an AK. So mm-hmm. if you kill them, they're going to have AK mags. They're hey, going to have AKs, AK parts. If you kill enough of them, you don't even have to reload your magazines. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just keep taking theirs. <laughs> and that's what you would do. I'm being dead serious. Just keep hey, taking their mags. Full magazines. Exactly. Kill hate, them quickly enough. Yeah, I hate loading magazines. This is perfect. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Good pistol. 
good pistol. And just a, a good single action pistol. You gotta go. You lose before <laughs> yeah. you, you you know fan uh, the trigger. No, good auto and uh, yeah. And this one you'd have to have a good hunting knife. And the reason for that is because they're killing and harvesting a lot of their food. So you got to be able to you have to be able to clean your deer. Which should, whatever, whatever animal you're getting, you can yeah. rabbit deer. Whatever it is, you got to be able to clean it. Yeah. So you got to have a good hunting knife. I mean, even a knife set would be nice. A good cleaning set. A good, yeah, skinning and cleaning set. Yeah. That'd be a miscellaneous. I would throw that in there. Ah, and a miscellaneous skill, if you don't have it, but if someone in, that, someone in that group, more than one person, but somebody in the group had it, which was they've been hunting their entire life with their dad, the Swayze's, or, or the Swayze and HIV Sheen, and that so they... They know how to dress it. You know what I mean? When they kill it, they know what they're doing. Right. They know how to hunt it. They know how to track it. They know how to do all that stuff. That would be a good skill to have because you're going to need that. You're going to live off the meat. That's going to help supplement whatever you can get out of town or you steal or whatever. So, right. Yeah. That's your main source of protein. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, I mean, you know, maybe this, maybe baby got a different source of protein. Can, <laughs> no? Maybe? Anyway. Um, agriculture would be another good miscellaneous skill to have. If someone in the group was, you know, knew a little bit about agriculture and growing. Because let's say this goes on longer than the six months that we see. Because, uh, like you said, they don't specify when it ends. So let's say this goes on for years and they are able to survive and stay up there in the mountains. Like, let's say they, they clear out Calumet and that becomes kind of a hold point. Well, they still got to be able to survive. So let's plant some, learn how to plant some food, harvest deer. You got to start supplementing your food because there's not really food coming in from anywhere. No. If the, if the spring rolled around and they were still there, that would be something to look at. But obviously they died in the winter yeah. and it was, it wasn't something to look forward to because they even said someone bringing, dropping in some SF guys to help out the Wolverines in spring. And he sways is like, that's a long time away, which he was right. That's a long time away yeah. for them to survive. And obviously they didn't, but, um, and then, uh, rate it, uh, one to 10. What would you, uh, what would you rate this one? Shit. On likelihood. Well, I mean, that's what we rated on. Um, damn, man. I'm going to say nine because like I was saying, famine is a highly likely reason for an eventual breakdown, uh, for this planet because we're just... Our population is so out of control that we're consuming food at a rate that is, our consumption is just, is expanded so exponentially in the last 10, 20 years that, I mean, I don't know how we're going to keep up. I think driving this planet to famine is very realistic. The only reason I give it a 9 and not a 10, honestly, is because I don't see other military forces invading the U.S., if we've pulled our military back and we are we are military strong in our country, we've got everybody here, they might be here for 24 hours and they're going to get fucked up because, let's be honest, our military is very strong. I agree, and this is not a knock on our military, but my concern would be under previous presidents, Obama, <clears throat> that the military <laughs> levels were depleted to the point where they've yeah. never been that low before. And I will say this, not now, but in the future, if somebody else were in power, in office, I should say not in power, but in office, that was able to do that as well, 
I'm not saying we couldn't beat back somebody who tried to attack America. Yeah, I see what you're but you see, but if they were able to gut the military to the point where it'd be harder to fight them back, yeah. we would still win because it's it's fucking America. Right. But I'm just saying that a strong military around this time, especially Cold War military, mm-hmm. uh, uh-uh, I don't oh, see yeah. that. But if all these socio, I will say this: I'll give it a nine. I won't even say the, the starvation, or whatever the the law, an economic oil, food, something would cause strife in a large area of the country, of the world, I'm sorry, it would cause an apocalypse or something like this, where you would have conflicts and wars and fighting that could eventually come to America or, or you know what I mean? I, it could happen. Apocalypse level war, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So uh, next episode is the letter X. So many X movies out there to I choose know. from. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully uh, we'll get that out soon. And uh, until next time, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And enjoy the apocalypse.